This is Cultivating Convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. And it's fun to have everyone else kind of get a little insight into what we do. Dan, if you could send me a gram of gold. You all laughed at the beginning of this podcast when I turned my fireplace off. Shelby, <laughs> let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We are once again cultivating convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. So happy that you could join us. Uh, I'm here once again, Shelby Croft, along with Megan Harshbarger. Hello. Glad to be here again. No, I am not in a tin can, but I will get a microphone for our next recording. We're working on that. We're a little low low tech, but we're making this happen. Uh, You know, Megs, I don't know about you. Well, I do know we have been so busy. I I feel like since the first of the year, it's been crazy. Honestly, outrageous. Like, I'm busier at home than I was at work uh, actually a year ago when we got sent home. I know it's, you know, both of us came from TV news and we moved from that to the Department of Agriculture. And I always laugh because everyone says to me, oh, it must be such a nicer, slower pace. And I'm like, are you crazy? We are always working. We are working on so much of the department. In some ways, yes, it moves slower, but we have just been inundated with projects, especially video and now podcasts because everybody's working remotely for the most part. So, you know, it's moved to video and online and here we are revising to the virtual world that's for yes. sure you know uh, in talking about how much we have to do i think most people don't really realize how many different areas we cover how many different divisions and programs we have the department of ag that you know i mean we love the farm we love farming but <laughs> we do so right. much more off the farm field and people just don't get it i have a question for you megs yes talking about one of our divisions Yes. Did you even know what weights and measures was when we started? Absolutely no. When you asked me to come work for ODA, of course, ignorantly, I was like, okay, cows and cornfields, like, here we go, back to my Iowa and Nebraska days. But ODA has surpassed all expectations because we do so much. Technology, lab, inspection, we're out in the field. We're, we're literally making sure everything is what it is and that our food um, is safe for for consumers. So, so much. So we do so much. Absolutely. And we are talking about one of our specialized labs and divisions today, Weights and Measures. Yes, we have Sean Brown, Chief of Weights and Measures, and we also have Dan Walker, a metrologist with us on today to talk about Weights and Measures. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Thanks for having us. Good. Welcome to our podcast, guys. First, if one of you or both of you would like to give us just a quick overview of what weights and measures is, because I'm sure, like us in the beginning, a lot of people have no clue what it is. I guess uh, I'll go uh, over the 10,000-foot level. This is Sean Brown here, and again, thanks for having us. Uh, We do almost no corn or cows, so I I don't know if if anybody (laughs) wants to, you know, log (laughs) off now. Uh, We won't be talking about that. Uh, but weights and measures, we are uh, kind of the front line of consumer protection. Uh, we were talking earlier about, you know, what what cool things do we say? What, how do we sound weights and measure? What, like, what are fun facts we can give? Uh, and it kind of boiled down to, you know, about 90% or more of the economy uh, runs through us in some way, shape, or form. 
uh, whether it be the steel, the lumber, the raw materials to build buildings, uh, they're measured or weighed at some point. Uh, the yarn, the thread for your clothes is measured before they sell it to manufacturers. Uh, and then where most people know us, uh, from gas pumps to deli scales, uh, and the proper way to sell a banana. Uh, somehow, that's how we, that's what we do here. Uh, we break it down into our two labs, our metrology lab, uh, that's where Dan is working out of. Not to be confused with a meteorologist, uh, Dan's not going to give the weather today. <laughs> oh man, I thought that's what this was about. <laughs> if, we, if we need like a, a fake commercial, we'll have Dan give the weather. Uh, <laughs> Our other lab is our national type evaluation program. Uh, that's where they look at prototypes, new technology that's going to come into the weighing and measuring world. Uh, and then we have our boots on the ground, our field inspectors who go out and actually, you know, test and you know they weigh and measure. Shockingly enough, uh, so that I, Dan, I'll, I'll kind of let you take over the, you know, the nitty gritty of what you do back in the lab. But that's weights and measures in a nutshell. Most of the time, what we are doing in the Weights and Measures Metrology Laboratory is bringing in physical standards from out in the field, physical standards being standards of mass or standards of volume or standards of time, um, and they are used out in the field to ensure that devices are, are operating correctly. When you get a gallon of gas, would you purchase a gallon of gas or when you purchase a pound of lunch meat or a gram of gold um, you we we use physical standards to be sure that those devices that are calculating that charge for the consumer are actually measuring correctly so most of my time involves bringing in weights um, uh, stopwatches um, volume provers um, tape measures uh, all these things that are used out in the field, and they all have defined specifications. They all have defined tolerances. They all have operating characteristics, if you will. They have to meet international standards to be approved for use in our system. And then the end result, what we put back out the door, is the exact same weight or stopwatch or tape measure. But now when, it, when the customer gets it back in their hands, it has a certificate of calibration along with it. Actual known values that prove that that standard that that piece of equipment is um, stable and meets specs and it's approved for use in, in Ohio in our commercial you know weights and measures system. Dan if you could send me a gram of gold. Yeah yeah we don't get <laughs> to deal with gold much in the lab we deal with stainless steel boohoo boring stuff it's much more stable than gold and it's much less expensive. That but doesn't yeah, sound the, fun. Yeah, the ultimate, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, the ultimate things that are being bought and sold out in the real world um, have varying degrees of, of value, if you will, unit price per per weight or volume. Um, you know, gold is probably on the highest end of the things that we that are under our umbrella as far as value per unit weight or or unit of volume. Um, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum may be something like you know firewood or construction lumber or something like Sean mentioned. Um, we really cover a, a, a wide range of products and transactions that are going on out in the out in the marketplace. So speaking of firewood, I think you guys have something going on right now with firewood. Is that what I'm understanding correctly? Talk to me. I don't think it ever stops. Okay. Uh, firewood right now uh, just like the gasoline complaints, right? Right now, people are buying extra firewood to keep their homes a little bit warmer. 
in the fall, it's all your bonfires, your parties, people buying just to have out back behind the shed. Most people don't realize that you can't, you're not supposed to, not that you can't, people do routinely. You can't just buy a truckload of wood. I, I make the no. joke all the time, we are the ones that regulate how to sell a banana. Uh, there is a correct way to do it. Uh, there is a correct way to sell firewood. Uh, and most people don't know that. They just, they call and they say, I, I bought a truckload of firewood from you know a, a guy that just dumped it in my front yard and now I have no idea how much I got. My neighbor, paid, right, my neighbor <laughs> paid the same price and he got way more wood. So there are proper ways. Uh, does anybody here know how much a cord is? Because that's how much firewood you're supposed to get, a cord. Your extension cord for your computer is supposed to measure the length of it. That's that's a joke. Cord, it's spelled the same, C-O-R-D, but it's a unit of volume. It's a, There's a little metrology humor. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's as funny as I get, sorry. Um, yeah, it's a defined it's a defined volume. It's four feet by four feet by eight feet, 128 cubic feet. Um, when stacked in certain methods, it's all it's it's defined in our um, Ohio Revised Code and Ohio Administrative Code on the methods of sale for all these different products, and it is actually defined. You, it is against our, um, it's against Ohio statute to sell firewood by the quote unquote truckload. It's not a defined unit. It must be by a cord or a fraction of a cord or defined in a volume like cubic feet or cubic meters. Has to be something measurable. We can't measure a truckload, but we can measure a, a, something that's a defined unit. Wow, the things I didn't know. And I wanna comment, Great. you all laughed at the beginning of this podcast when I turned my fireplace off. <laughs> But it appears that there are a lot more of other people working in front of their fireplaces right now. Right. You know, I'd say you wouldn't be surprised, but I tell you, every that's one of those calls once a week, at least somebody wants to know. Uh, usually right now when they walk past the front of a grocery store, uh, someone that has learned, hey, is this are you allowed to sell like firewood like this? And if you really read the the nitty gritty on the label, uh, it either has an exact weight or it has, you know, this is approximately one eighth a cord. And then people call us, well, what in the world's a cord? Like, I just want to buy like six pieces of wood. Can I not just buy that? Now, you can sell a whole tree by the weight, like a single piece of wood. Uh, or as Dan said, you know, if you're going to sell it by the actual ton, um, the complaints we get are, you know, a, a pile of wood in somebody's yard or back of a truck, and they just say, take as much as you want for 50 bucks, or I'll give you 60 seconds to grab as many pieces as you can, and then you gotta leave, or you know whatever the gimmick or you know sales shtick is. Uh, but like Dan said it, someone decided you know years ago that we wanted to be able to control and have repeatable, fair you know transactions. Uh, my $5 should go the same distance your $5 goes. So uh, Firewood's no, uh, no different. We actually have to explain to some people uh, and businesses alike that we're only in it half of you know the time for the consumer. We're trying to protect you how much you're getting, uh, but on the other half, we have to protect companies. You know, if they don't know how much they're giving away, uh, they're actually ripping themselves off, which the consumer would say is a good problem. But you know, our our you know sales pitch is always equity and fairness in the marketplace. So. We owe it to businesses and consumers alike to kind of make sure, you know, if you're going to measure this, we don't want your tape measure to be 12 and a half inches, you know, then you're just giving stuff away. So 
uh, accuracy works you know on both sides of that coin and like i said firewood's just the uh, with the weather outside it's just the newest and you know most routine question equity and fairness i think that does that that kind of sums it up so okay we just got a little window in the answer to that question from uh dan and what fun things he does in the lab but what is something kind of cool different interesting about weights and measures nobody would guess or nobody would know about can I can I can I take this one? Absolutely. Um, weights and measures as a practice is one of the oldest things that we have a civil as a civilization as as human beings ever invented. Uh, we we have been measuring things when you look back at the units of measurement and how they were in like, you know, 1000 uh, BC. Um, they had some pretty pretty crazy theories about how to measure stuff. Um, the length of a thumb or the width of a finger or the forearm or, you know, whoever was king that year, um, the distance from his elbow to his wrist was the unit of measure for length for that year, you know, and it was very, con very confusing. One of the first things we did as a civilization was to standardize an international system, and we call it the international system of units, and we've been using, using it ever since we could scratch things on cave walls um and and right now today in current time we have we have landed on seven base units there are seven units of measurement that dictate everything we do as human beings all around the world um like sean said 90 percent of gross domestic product of any country is is affected by something that's been weighed or measured and goes back to these seven base units um you've, you're all familiar with like you know the unit for length is the meter the unit for time is the second um the unit for mass is the kilogram there's seven of them and they're all defined specifically by constants of nature universal constants except for one except for the kilogram and something that's interesting that's happened in weights and measures over the last few years is the redefinition of the kilogram. It's really quite a feat for humanity if you think about it. We've got these seven base units that we've been using for, for thousands of years. They used to be based off of length of forearms and you know how much does a bucket of water weigh, things like that that really aren't repeatable. And we have grown so much that we have defined them to, to crazy accurate levels We've defined like the meter. It's no longer the length of somebody's arm or a horse's leg. A meter is defined by the speed of light in a vacuum. How far does light go in a vacuum in a certain amount of time? That's a meter. If you have a vacuum tube and a light source and a super accurate uh, stopwatch, you can create your own meter in your garage if you want to. You can make your base unit meter. You can create a meter from these known constants. Um, time is based on cesium atoms. Except, and I bring this all up because there's only one unit that is still based on a physical length of the king's arm type archaic caveman stuff, and that's the kilogram. The kilogram is defined, or was, it's in the process of being changed, by the mass of this of this piece of metal that's in a vault just outside of Paris, France. It's always been, it's called the International Prototype Kilogram, IPK. It's it's been our basis for a kilogram since like the 1700s and it's changing it's sitting in this vault and every time they handle it and they calibrate something else against it it changes mass it's, it's not stable all these other units that we have that are based on cesium atoms and light in a vacuum those are stable you could that that's you get to go to the moon and reproduce that 
with a kilogram being based on a physical artifact, it's really the equivalent of measuring boards with the king's arm. It's it's so archaic. So what we are what we are doing as a society over the last couple of years is redefining the kilogram. It's the last of the base seven units that was still based on a physical artifact. Which I mean, if you think about it, that advancement for humanity is like, in in my opinion, it's 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 equivalent to like commercial airliners being invented. You know, going to the moon pales in comparison to what we're doing over the last couple of years in redefining the final base unit. This kilogram that's in a vault in France will have absolutely zero value after this redefinition goes through. And it's, I mean, it's kind of cool to, to be alive yeah. when that happens. What that allows us to do is us in the mass calibration world and when we are in calibration labs that rely on calibrated weights, we no longer have to have our weight traceable back to that piece of metal that's in a vault in France. Anybody that has a few million dollars and a watt balance is what they call them now, can make their own kilogram in their laboratory. So we have this international traceability chain that no longer has to go back to France for a kilogram. Anybody who has the resources can make their own defined kilogram in their lab. So it, it's it's a huge measurement advancement, it's huge technology advancement for um, mass measurements around the world. Okay. Dan, Daniel you has me just school for the last five minutes. <laughs> so I, tried, I, I told Sean, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can get it out in layman's terms that maybe will be interesting. I heard um, a lot anybody, of words. That's still, anybody that's listening and still hanging in there, thank you so much. <laughs> I heard a lot of words like kilogram, France, vault. Right. I just, <laughs> okay. I just All I have say. to say is mind blown. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's we a, we really are. We really have. I mean, we we as far as measurements as and and a society, it's it's we've really come a long way in it in defining this system that we have for, you know, if you measure something in the United States and you say it's it's two grams, you you know, you got to be able to send that to to. I don't know, China, and it's still going to be two grams, and everybody has to be based in the same measurement units. And if we don't do that, our, our, we, have no, we have no trade. It, nothing works. I think my fun fact will just piggyback one small piece, and it's the one I always tell the director. Uh, we're the only division uh, here at ODA that's mentioned in the Bible. Dan, oh, okay. Dan's not kidding for thousands <laughs> of years now that it's been a problem that uh, someone even putting the Bible together is like, man, we got to stop paying, overpaying for stuff at the market. Uh, we can't trust people filling up our buckets. So, yeah, John, was, I have a feeling you use that in your argument as far as being the most important division. <laughs> I do like to say that we are biblical. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's wild. Well, that that brings me to um, ODA is really well recognized for our weights and measures division. Um, can you guys talk about why? That is. Yeah, I mean, it, to piggyback what Dan just said, we are, in terms of Echelon 1 being the absolute highest in some of the large and small mass, uh, I believe we're Echelon 2, and Dan is actually kind of pioneering our movement towards that upper Echelon. Uh, so in terms of metrology, uh, Dan, uh, as well as our lab supervisor, Tom Buck, are really starting to kind of press the envelope on you know what our building will allow us to do and taking that as high as it goes. Uh, but on the the wall that you can kind of see the blurry background and you know behind Dan on the other side of that wall is our Intep program. Our Intep lab is only one of four in the on the globe. I like to say uh, there's four of us in the country, uh, but we do international work. Uh, if you want to have a device used here in America, you have to have it run through one of these four labs. And what they do on the Intep side, 
where Dan controls the weights and the measures, the INTEP does the actual scale. Uh, they review prototypes and new technology and new ways of taking weight or measurement. Uh, and I say they have one of the most fun jobs. They get to try and break it. They get to see if it works. Uh, they get to drop weight on it 10,000, 100,000 times and then see if it works. So if you get the INTEP sticker on there, you can officially be used in commerce. Uh, and then someone like Dan will calibrate and adjust weights to routinely check to see if that scale still works. So uh, we are, I'd, I'd like to say, on the cutting edge of both, you know, design and ingenuity and new products on the market, uh, as well as holding our lab to a pretty high standard. All right. So here's my mission. Once we all get back on campus, I'm just going to come hang out with you guys a little more often. <laughs> I, we welcome it. <laughs> Sounds like fun back there. I yes. will say too, if people do want a little glimpse inside of our weights and measures division and you want to see video, we just did, uh, taped a tour with our weights and measures uh, division. So we'll be posting out to Facebook in the next couple of weeks too. Um, just to get a sneak peek, you'll see Dan <laughs> giving us a little tour of uh, a part of the lab. Does Dan talk about the lunar landing in that one? <laughs> I don't believe we got the history lesson for the lunar landing in the in the division video. Yeah, I tried to keep about my, a lot though. We, I we only have four or five. I only have four or five solid um, metrology puns or jokes, so I was sure to split them up between the lab tour <laughs> video and this podcast. Yeah, she shouldn't hear any duplicates. A wealth of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> but after this, I got. I'm done. You've 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 cashed me out. Are you pun? You're punned out. I don't even believe yeah. it. Well, he told me we need to call his agency for royalties after this. <laughs> yeah, my management agency. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Dan. It was so great having you on today. Yeah, thanks for having, thanks for having us. us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back with more ag facts and ag discussions. Cultivating Convos is created by ODA's communications team. Make sure to hit subscribe to get the latest episodes in your feed and like ODA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for up-to-date news about agriculture in Ohio.